And this is probably a somewhat familiar passage for many of us. It's a short passage. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Where it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So this passage tells us about the early church, when the church was really just being formed after Pentecost, what was happening in the life of the early church as it was coming to be. And what I want to invite us to do today as we look at this passage, mainly verse 42, is I want to invite us to listen for a word that we feel that God is calling us to grow into. A word that might be a little challenging. But it's not something that I'm inviting us to to listen for in our own personal, individual lives. But as members of God's community. Because this passage has to be understood in the context of community. And which community can be a good or bad word. Because probably all of us have been hurt in, in community, including Christian community. And so sometimes when we, when we hear the word community, when we find ourselves invited into community, it can be hard. And we can want to hold ourselves back. Because there are scars, because communities are formed by people, broken people. But what I always want us to remember when we're talking about Christian community, when we're talking about the body of Christ, is that first it is God who forms community. And that when we refocus on the fact that it is God who forms community, And that is God who is in control. And that it's God who is to lead and guide us as members of this community. That healing can take place. But also that that he can make this community a holy community. So I, I want to invite us to listen for a way that God might be calling us to grow into a Christian community. And so, in verse 42, the first thing I really want us to look at is the second word, devotion. 
Because when we're devoted to something, it means we're not fair weather, we're not lukewarm, that we are all in devotion. Devotion is, I've heard one person define devotion as like a diehard sports fan. You're all in no matter the number of wins, the number of losses, no matter the weather, you're all in. That we're devoted. And this devotion that we see that undergirds really this whole passage that undergirds so much of scripture. This devotion to their new faith comes out of the new identity that these believers had found in Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about how when we are in Christ, that we are a new creation. And these believers, even though 2 Corinthians wasn't written yet, we see so much of them living into this truth that in Jesus, that we are a new creation, that that because they had encountered Christ, because they had now come to accept Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, everything changed. Their end goal changed. Their lives changed when they met Jesus. They were devoted to this new life that they had found in him. So what were they devoted to? The first thing that says is that these new believers were devoted to the apostles' teaching. This was before the gospels were written down. And so these believers would gather together to hear from the disciples. They wanted to gather and to soak in everything that Jesus had taught. They wanted to gather and hear the stories of how Jesus healed and how Jesus fed people and how Jesus cared to go and to spend time with outcasts. They wanted to hear about the heart of Christ. And so they devoted themselves to listening to the teachings about Jesus. This man who who they now proclaimed as Lord. And it's, we see it later in this passage when it talks about how they had the goodwill of all the people at the forefront. How they were willing to sell their possessions to give them to those in need. That they were willing to lay down everything they had at the feet of this new Christian community. Because they were realizing through the teachings of Jesus That the heart of Jesus is teaching, at the heart of Christ is generous compassion. They were listening to the teachings of the apostles. They were listening to what Jesus had taught. And they were allowing that to shape and change their lives. They didn't just listen and go home. They listened and prayed about and thought about how it would change their lives, where God was calling them to grow into, or how God was was calling them to be changed. They devoted themselves to the cheap to the teachings of Jesus and allowed the teachings to change their lives and they devoted themselves to fellowship. 
And fellowship is actually really not a good word here. The actual Greek word is quanania. And, and quanania is so much bigger than what we often think of as fellowship. When we think of fellowship, we think of just getting together with people and talking and having a good time. But quanania is so much deeper than that. Quanania is about gathering with people with a common purpose, a common goal. It's about letting that common goal, that common purpose, be the foundation of of everything in that community. It's about gathering for a purpose, not just to spend time together, but allowing the foundation, allowing the person of Jesus Christ to be the foundation of all of their gatherings, all of their time together. When they were gathering together, they were seeking to know Christ more and to grow in Christ. They gathered to support one another, to encourage one another, to challenge one another, to be there for and with one another. They allowed Jesus to bind them together. They defined their fellowship by by his name, by who they knew their Lord to be. They devoted themselves to the teachings about Jesus. They devoted themselves to Christian fellowship, making sure that Jesus was the foundation of of everything that they did as a community. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And often in scripture, when we see the breaking of bread, when we see bread and juice, it is trying to make us think about communion. And communion we'll participate in later in the service. But I also don't want us to miss the meal aspect that feeds into fellowship But it's every time that they would gather together, for the most part, these believers would break bread together. They would share in a meal. Think about the power of a meal. In which I think sometimes our meals today, because of the gift and curse that is technology, we can sometimes miss how powerful meals can be. I have some friends, and when we go out to eat, we have this rule that anyone can call phones and phones on the table. And we all have to put our phones in the middle of the table, and the first one to touch their phone has to pay for everyone's meal. <laughs> but we call it when we feel like we're not being present, when everyone's not being present with one another. Because think about the power of what happens over a meal. When we're there and we are able to look one another in the eyes. When we're able to hear about one another's day. When we're able to invite someone into our lives. And also are invited into their lives. Meals are powerful. If anyone here remembers uh, LaRue Owens, who is an associate pastor here for years. LaRue has this thing called table talk at Char Restaurant every night at five. 
If you ever don't want to do dinner alone, go to Char at five and ask for LaRue. He is basically the chaplain at Char, and you can tell him I sent you. And there's any, usually anywhere from two to 30 people there. And it's church. Those dinners go from anywhere from two to five hours because it's about taking your time to talk with one another, to slow down, and to be present. Meals are incredibly bonding experiences. These new believers, they gather together to break bread, to share in one another's lives, to get to know one another, so that their fellowship with one another was made stronger they realized that when they gathered, no matter their differences, that they gathered under the name and lordship of Jesus Christ. And so they would gather and they'd get to know each other so that they could talk to one another, so that they could grow together. These new believers, they devoted themselves to learning about Jesus' teachings, to Christian fellowship founded on Christ to the breaking of bread where they could get to know one another better, and to the prayers. Jewish people would regularly gather three times a day at set times to pray. And these new believers, they would continue that tradition, but they would gather together. Because it's a powerful thing what they were doing. The Jewish people and these new believers They would gather at set times. They would stop whatever they were doing to gather together to pray, to seek the face of God. Prayer is powerful because in in our own individual prayer lives, it opens up our relationship with God because we're talking to God and we're seeking to listen to God. But also when we pray together, when we pray as a people of God together, It's a powerful witness. And it's, again, an incredibly bonding experience because we're saying this time is important to seek God's face together. The early disciples, the early believers, the early church, they would gather every day because they were devoted to learning about their Savior. They were devoted to being changed. To being changed because they now knew the truth of a God who didn't who didn't abandon us. A God who doesn't define us by our failures. A God who has refused to let sin be in control. They got together And they worked on what it meant to be community. They worked on what it meant to be the body of Christ. And they allowed God to form this community. They allowed God to be their foundation. They saw his face. And they did every time they gathered. Share in communion. Because the power of communion, 
is that when we participate in it, as the people of God, we come all broken, remembering how Christ has made us whole. And we come remembering who Jesus is. We come and we remember the night where Jesus took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body that I will break for you to know forgiveness, for you to know healing, for you to know that your new name is Beloved, and they would remember how Jesus took the cup, said, this is my blood, my love that I will pour out so that you will know the unbounding grace and mercy that is available to all of God's children. sins to be wiped from our record for love to be our story and the disciples were to remember how for three days after Jesus had died on the cross how death and darkness had thought that they had won they would remember those three days of mourning but they would remember always the third day when Jesus rose from the dead, revealing the power and glory of God, revealing the truth of resurrection, the truth of a living Lord, of a risen Savior, the truth, the truth of the fact that in Jesus' name that life is our story. Everlasting life. Every day these new believers would gather to remember Jesus' story, his truth. And they would gather to focus in on who Jesus is and who he has called us to be. This meal, when we allow it to, can empower us to be Christ's holy community, his body, that we are the hands and feet of Christ in this world. Together, we are a witness to God's current reign and his coming kingdom. May we, like the early disciples, stir in our hearts a devotion founded on Christ, that together may we seek to learn, may we seek for every time we gather that it may be time devoted to Christ.